The strongest people make time to help others even when struggling. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. The Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast is available on all of the major social networks. You can subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. You can also subscribe or leave a review where all of the major podcasts are distributed, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We are brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. For a limited time, get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, thatwisdomworthknowing.org. So let's dig into the topic for today. The strongest people make time to help others even when struggling. I know a lot of people like this, and you may know a lot of people like this too. So this, this, video's, this video podcast is basically going to discuss how we can kind of strengthen this part of ourselves or refine this part of ourselves that helps us be that strong person who's there for others, there to help others, even when we're struggling. And uh, hopefully make some points on, on actually the importance of helping others when we're struggling. So hopefully I can unpack that today. We'll, uh, we'll learn something new. Now, we all have a tendency to throw these pity parties. And, I, <laughs> and you, you are not alone if you're on, in that group. I mean, I think, I think we all do it. Uh, it's just part of our human nature and it's okay to grieve from time to time about what we're wrestling with even if those problems we're wrestling with are first world problems that's where they're still problems even though they're not the worst problems you could be dealing with it it doesn't mean that they're not problems and there are problems that being in a first world do create you know um they're mostly existential problems and for those of you who are not aware, an existential problem is like a like a spiritual or a moral or an ethical problem without going into too much detail. But we wrestle with problems of the mind more so than problems of the body. You know, early in the 1900s and before then, obviously, people were so busy just trying to stay alive, they didn't have time to sit around and contemplate their existence. The majority of people were suffering too much physically. They were just making sure that their lives were being held together. They had food and water and they weren't getting sick. Like these were, these were the, what you would call third world problems or fourth world problems, but they were, they were the priority at the time, right? But now that we are such a lucky and blessed culture because we stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, we, there was such amazing men that have come men and women that have come before us to cultivate and kind of create an environment of safety that many of our physical needs are met you know for most people and even if we're not rich or whatever we are still well way better off than most people have been in the history of all of mankind which does his kind of in a, in a point of history put us in a unique position as a generation to have to wrestle with these more existential issues on a broad scale, you know, as, as the physical struggles, don't get me wrong, there's still physical struggles, but as they do kind of subside, 
we have to start dealing with more existential struggles. You know, what's the meaning of life? What do I do with my life now that my life isn't about just basic survival? What what's next? You know, what's the uh, the next step on my path to growing? So what's interesting about this is it's it's kind of a new problem, I believe. I mean, there's always been existential problems, but I think it's new on this massive scale. And with the the advent of technology and the internet, and now that we've got this massive consciousness where we're where we're constantly exposed to all of the pain and suffering collectively, like we're seeing so much more in terms of what's going on in the world than we ever had before. These two things are kind of crushing a lot of our our abilities to function on a day-to-day basis because it's like what what it, it becomes overwhelming, I guess, is the word for it. And so that kind of at least gives us the foundation of starting this conversation. So when we when we talk about the strongest people make time to help others, even when they're struggling. I wanted to justify your struggling first, because even though we don't struggle in the way, and don't get me wrong, there are still a lot of us who do struggle in the actual early 1900s way. You know, we were struggling just to get by. Um, but uh, but but the struggles are valid. You know, no matter what life situation you're in. So the first part is we need to accept the fact that it's normal to struggle and wrestle with things. No matter how much abundance you have, our problems tend to shift. You know. It's a different problem to have to deal with. Uh, I believe it's a better problem. I think it's a better problem to be dealing with an existential purpose problem than it is to deal with a dying of hunger problem or dying of disease problem. Uh, but it's a more complicated problem, right? Figuring out how to just survive and not die of starvation is like, well, I got to eat. It's a simple problem with a simple solution. So I got to find food, eat then survive. <laughs> but when it comes to problems of purpose and identity and motivation, it's different because the, the problem becomes far more complex because what happens is we turn inward, right? We, we're turning inward into our minds and we're kind of trying to wrestle with what our lives look like outside of basic need, you know? You know, what's our higher purpose? And while that's a that's a wonderful thing to have presented to us as an opportunity, the sheer volume of options presented to us can be overwhelming. And so as we struggle through this, and we're struggling with whatever it is we're struggling with, it's real, real easy to obsessively look at ourselves. And become so obsessed that we throw these pity parties and we start to feel sorry for ourselves and get depressed. Which is not good, right? And so the one reason I really like this quote is because it does emphasize something that's really important. And it says, the strongest people make time to help others even when they're struggling. So even though we're struggling, if we allow our struggling to dominate our lives... And it becomes all about us. And we completely lose focus on the people around us. To me, it creates this kind of cycle of self-destruction. Because a lot of the times, the best thing we can do when we're struggling with something 
is to stop focusing on ourselves. There's actually a real strategy for people who are dealing with anxiety because I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. It's been an ongoing, I'm better at it, managing it than I used to be, much better, um, just using emotional tools. But there's actually a strategy. They say try to focus on six things in a room and actually focus on them, every detail of it, you know, when you're in the middle of anxiety. And the point is, is to keep your focus specifically on something to take your mind off of yourself. Now, I think this is true also for helping others. Sometimes the best thing we can do when we are struggling is to take the focus off ourselves and to ask ourselves, how can we, how can we reach out to anybody or anything right in front of us so that we can just help that person with something or anything? Obviously, we can take this to an unhealthy extreme and we can never deal with our problems. But if we if we become if we don't balance this, you know, if we don't balance the two extremes of self focus and, and figuring out what we need to do with other people and their needs, then I think we do get trapped in our own minds. And I've been this man. It, it, it almost feels like you're losing your mind. You know, you can get so wrapped up in your own stuff and so self-involved that literally nobody else matters. And then, like, it's like an endless pit, too. It's like once you start down that road, it's like once you start digging that hole and you've got nobody on the outside... And you, you just obsess about you and everything about you. Like, it, it, there's like no bottom to that pit. It's almost like the deeper you go in this pity party stuff, the deeper it gets. It's like there's no, there's no bottom. And so the best thing we can do is, is when, we, when we catch ourselves kind of starting to do that. And it's good to, to monitor our language, you know, how we're speaking. And when we start doing the why me and the poor me and the why is this happening to me and if you use the word I and me all the time, you know, in your sentences, it has a, when you're communicating to people, that's kind of like a red flag, you know, for you, you may be becoming too self-focused. And we're going to talk about some more ways to deal with that here shortly, but we've reached that time where Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show for a limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org and take advantage of this free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days... You'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for this limited time offer right now. So how do we get out of this cycle? How do we break this cycle? You're you're gonna you're gonna laugh at the simplicity of my answer because I I I like practical things. 
And I don't know if this is just my parents and what they had an impact on me. I'm a realist. I, do, be, I think it's because I overcomplicate things. I appreciate simple solutions more than the average person because there's so many times in my life where I've overthought something for so long only to discover that the solution is extremely simple, like ridiculously simple. But one of the one of the first things we can do when we catch ourselves in this 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 entrapment of of laser focusing on ourselves and all of our problems and pity parties is we can get up, get in our car and go somewhere. We can go anywhere. You can go to a store, you can go to a, a shop, you can go to a church, you can go to uh, anywhere and just start engaging with people somehow. You can buy something at a gas station and when they give you your receipt, say thank you. Go buy some fast food. Engage with a human being and say things like, I appreciate you or thank you. Um, if you're at your job, find something extremely simple that you can do for somebody else. Call a friend and just say, hey, how's it going? And don't don't give them your whole sob story of everything you're going through. Just ask them, how you doing? What's up? What's going on? How are you? What's new? And then just keep asking them questions. Start focusing on the, call a family member, call a loved one, call do it to a complete stranger on the street. Um, I mean, th there's countless ways you can do this. And what happens is, is this is what I call like, it's like a service solution is it's like, it's like an immediate remedy for this self loathing. Cause two things happen when you actually help pe you talk to people and you start to serve them in some small little dinky way. First thing is, is it takes the focus off yourself. That's the first most valuable thing. The second thing is, is you actually, when helping somebody, it will boost your self-esteem. You know, all that stuff you've been wrestling with and crushing yourself under the weight of and all of that drama you were creating in your mind, you start, it, it starts to like be a salve or almost a, it has like a calming effect over that. It's like, maybe my problems aren't so bad because at the end of the day, Basic decency and manners build self-esteem. It's like you can make somebody's day in such a simple way. You know, it's like life is not that super complicated, you know, when when it really comes down to living it. And so it's a, it's a nice reminder, you know, when we get wrapped up in our stuff to just go do something simple for somebody else. And and that that act of service helps you endure whatever it is you're going through. So like the strongest, we'll go back to this quote here because the strongest people make time to help others even when struggling. The strongest people I know, they actually help others because they're struggling. They have actually discovered that dealing with their problems, one of the best solutions in dealing with their problems is to not become so obsessed with their problems that they throw a pity party and crush under the weight of them. They realize that if they make it all about them and their struggle, their problems will only get worse. And so 
extremely strong people have under they've learned this, whether they're conscious of it or not. And so in order to help them resolve their own issues, they intentionally help others. You know, that helps them deal with the reality of whatever it is that they're going through. And so it's not it's not just that they're strong because they're helping others. The, like they, that's not the virtue there. The it's that they've discovered that the only solution to suffering really in some cases is to help others. Is to get outside of yourself. Because if you become so insanely obsessed with yourself, it, it's it's pretty ugly. I mean, you don't have to look far for it these days. Just kick on the internet and, and find the, you know, um, I don't want to use a specific, well, I guess I could, like the, go on Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, go on a social media site where, uh, where ego and self-elevation is is the cornerstone of the entire system, right? And so becoming self-involved is a trap, you know, the, the vanity part of it, the ego part of it, and it's never satisfied like any other, I guess I could use the word sin, but every other trap, it, it's never satisfied. So the more self-involved you become, the more hungry you become for more self-involvement. And as people start to kind of feed your self-involvement and they're like, oh yeah, you really are a victim and you're really... You really do have it bad and I can't believe what's happening to you. And that's the most terrible thing ever. Like as they start to feed that kind of monster in you, and I call it a monster because that's what I think it is. It's, it doesn't, no good comes from it for me. But as they start to feed it, it just kind of grows and grows and grows. Like it doesn't really ever get satisfied. And then eventually you reach the point where you're actually looking for things to feel sorry for yourself for. Because it just feels good to be sad and depressed. And it gives you all the excuses you need to do nothing. Which is nice because then you can do nothing. And then and then you don't have to feel bad about it because life has happened to you. It just creates this spiral effect. You know, and the bigger that monster becomes, the harder it gets to defeat it. And so really we have to catch ourselves before we let that thing fester and, and become too large. And these are real problems. Like I said at the beginning of this video, uh, this podcast, is that these, this existential problem of pity partying and self-loathing and ego, and this, these are real legitimate complex problems. These are not, they're not your great-grandfather's early 1900 problems, but that's because he was so busy trying to just live <laughs> that he didn't have to deal with the existential issues of life. And that's great, but he suffered in a different way. Like the, the people in the early 1900s suffered, man, physical labor was brutal. Life was brutal in terms of health care and, and money, and it was so unpredictable. And you want to talk about endurance, you know, enduring hardships. Just seriously, read a history book. Go back one, two, three hundred years. It's unbelievable what they had to endure. But they were more physical problems. They did deal with existential problems, too, on top of that. But most of them didn't have as much time as we do to sit around and think. And they also didn't have as access to as seeing as much of the chaos all the time that's going on in the world in video format. So there, there's really a, a human... There's a human aspect of this that's 
that's difficult to come to terms with. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that, um, I think that's incredibly important to remember. So don't forget that even though you are struggling with something, it doesn't delegitimize the extent of that suffering. It's a real thing. And another thing you can start doing on this, and this is a, this is an excellent strategy that's worked for me is to journal. And I, I do repeat this a lot on the show, but to write out the stuff you're dealing with and to kind of work through it and wrestle through it rather than just kind of throw in this pity party thing, you know, like write down what it is you're struggling with and then write down and like, like, like slash out the ones that are all about you. You know what I mean? It's like write out specifically what you're struggling with and then, and then which, discover which one of those you're, you're putting yourself in the victim position on. You know what I mean? And then just try to try to figure out how you can just blow that away because there's nothing good as far as I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or whatever, but there's nothing good that can come out of seeing ourselves as a victim in any area of our life. There's just nothing good that nothing constructive that can come out of it because in, in, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we are literal victims. Like we were betrayed and we were stabbed in the back or we were assaulted or like you can be a literal victim. But continuing to see ourselves as a victim is where it, it ceases to be constructive. We and, and I get I get that this is easier said, easier for me to say than it is for me to do. But but we need to work through those specific mindsets because and this is probably the most poetic way I can put it if you want to stop being a victim of whatever betrayal or crime or or assault or whatever happened to you then you have to stop being the victim because every time you re-immerse yourself into that situation you become the victim all over again if you carry it around with you and this isn't going to happen overnight, but just realizing this truth that every day you have to try to to try to say, I'm no longer a victim to this. So that you can free yourself from that that perpetuated perpetuated victimhood. Here's the thing is when people experience a trauma like that and you experience an actual betrayal. It's not the initial betrayal or or event that that causes the most harm it's it's the it's the 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 reminder the experience that re-emerges over and over and over again in your mind and i'm not please don't think i'm judging you for it but that's it's the it's the repeated victimization of yourself you know in your own mind that occurs you know it's the the pain that gets rehashed every time it comes back and back again and back again and back again. And until we reconcile what happened to us with what we are now, until we just accept that this is part of our past and history, and not only are we not, it's not happening to us anymore, but we're not going to let it keep happening to us over and over again, but we are going to transform it into a strength 
And that's another perfect example of if you can find somebody else who struggled with that exact same thing and you can help them work through it. That's another example of the strongest people, because like if we take sexual assault for an example, like the people who go out and rescue people from these traps, generally the ones who suffered under them are the most effective because they that experience as horrible as it was gives them the the words and everything necessary to connect with that person who's also dealing with those same thoughts the same guilt the same shame the same anger the same wide range of emotions that people who suffer it through that go through and if we can transform that victim mentality you know of what happened to us it doesn't have to be sexual assault it could be an it could be betrayal it could be adultery it could be um you lost a loved one suddenly. It could be somebody you know got killed. It could be, I mean, there's no shortage of suffering that, and trauma that people are going through. But if we can find a way to get from point A to point C, and it may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months. But if we can find a way to get to that point of transforming that victimhood to a way of, of rather than looking inward, focusing it outward on helping, even if it's just one person, then the healing can begin. You know, we can we can start to not reapply the victimhood to our lives over and over again. And then, then there's just the people who are in po uh, politics or in power who are grifters who are constantly trying to convince you that you're a victim. That's another one that's that really irritates me. Is that there's a whole group of people who would love to get you that to get you on their fish hook, to drag you along on a line. By constantly reminding you that you're a weak, pathetic victim of oppression and everything around you. And you might as well just give up. Everything's rigged against you. Please, please, please don't fall for that trap. Listen, we don't all need to be millionaires. We don't all need to be... Happiness can be found in every situation. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen the most horrific life situations i've listened to these books i've seen I've, I've listened to people who've overcome these horrific atrocities and they found a way to be happy no matter what the circumstances and faith religion spirituality these are to me the avenues that really really bring happiness and joy i found it in christianity i i know a lot of people who have endured tremendous suffering and have found happiness and joy in christianity but i'm not saying I'm not saying you have to do that. That's not, I'm not saying that's your route. I don't know what your path is. What I'm saying is, is don't fall into the trap that people are going to try to sell you because they, they just want to own you. That's it. That's what that's all about. If somebody's telling you you're a victim, they, whether they're aware of it or not, they're trying to sell you on this idea. You're going to become dependent on their sympathy. You're going to need it to survive. It's going to, it's going to become your fuel, the anger, the resentment, you're going to need it to continue to function. And you, it's the wrong kind of fuel. It's going to, it's going to burn you up. I promise. Anyway, 
This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. Before you go, you can help the show grow by subscribing and leaving a review and sharing on all of the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Also, consider leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast network you may be listening to the podcast on. So that could be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and, and we're on a wide array of them at this point. You can visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org to connect with me and the show. And don't forget, this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. When you're done here, swing by audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for the free 30-day trial for my listeners and give audiobooks a shot. They've uh, made a big difference in my life. So until tomorrow, the strongest people make time to help others even when struggling. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. See you tomorrow.